0: welcome to the emotionally healthy leader podcast uh, in this podcast i am the interviewer and jerry my lovely wife is the uh, person who will be speaking today And our topic is called the leader's spouse and i can't think of a better leader spouse in the world than jerry then again we have a lot of history together uh, so johnny thank you for being here great to have you here so we're going to dive right into it many of you know jerry because she wrote uh, the emotionally healthy woman uh, most of the woman workbook and the DVD curriculum that goes with it. and uh, But more importantly, even beyond the book, uh, Jerry has lived out, I think, brilliantly the process of being a the spouse of a point leader like myself for now 29 years. And uh, she not only has survived, she's thrived. And uh, so I'm really glad to have her here today with us. So i got a series of questions, honey. We'll just dive right into it. And yep. So, okay, Jerry, if a young pastor's spouse came to you, and said, Jerry, if you could tell me one thing you wish you knew when you were getting started, uh, what would it be?
1: I think it would be to have friendships outside the church. People that are removed from the context of your ministry and your spouse's ministry. And, uh, you know, sort of totally objective, somebody that, you're again, mutual peers. They're not people you're ministering to, they're not under your husband's, Shepherdship, so to speak,
0: could be a woman. Could be a, the, the oh, spouse. Right. Could be right. a man. That's
1: right. The wife could be the one. On that's the right. So somebody um, outside the is church.
0: It, is there more to that, Jerry? Is it? Is it uh, why do you say that? Is, is it to have a life outside of uh, the crucible of leadership? Uh, what, what's your reason behind
1: that? One of the greatest challenges that. Uh, pastor and pastoral, pastoral spouse is ha- having um, a place and a space to be totally themselves. Um, inside the church, every person in that church is their spouse's sheep, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the greatest challenges of a pastoral spouse, actually pastors too, is loneliness. They don't have places where they have so much coming at them. Pastors have so much coming at them and the spouse by virtue of being married to that person has so much coming at them and they need a place to process Uh, they need a place to be themselves and that place is going to be where there's no you know dual relationships no mixed relationships because in the church. Really in a sense in the church, every relationship in a sense is a dual relationship because
0: Explain a dual explain dual relationship.
1: Well dual relationship means that someone if someone is your friend, they're just your friend. But if they're also in the church, they're not just your friend, they're something else. There's a dual relationship. They're also uh, they again, they might be somebody in your ministry but regardless of whether they're in your ministry or they're on staff or whatever, they're they're one of your spouse's sheep and so you're just not at liberty to say a lot of things that might be in your heart to that person or to those persons and it's much better uh, for all that there's the, the there's you know not that you can't have relationships in the church but you it's really healthy to have some Good. outside the church
0: all right so let's let's build on that and let's talk about dealing with people's expectations now you've been at the church when it was small as we were planting it, you know, 30, 50, 100, 200, all the way up to where we are today. How did you manage uh, over the years? What did you learn about managing people's expectations and pressure over the years?
1: Yeah, I mean, that is one of the biggest um, obstacles for pastoral spouses is managing people's expectations. I knew one woman who was so angry. One pastor's pastor, she was so angry about the expectations people had towards her. But really, the principle is that we are not... People are not responsible for our boundaries. I have to be responsible for my boundaries. People are going to always have expectations. It's just human nature, and especially in a role like pastor or pastoral spouse and congregation. My responsibility is to understand uh, how to clarify expectations with people. Just because people have expectations doesn't mean they have a right to them. And so actually, every time someone would have an expectation of me that I did not agree to, I saw it as an opportunity for discipleship.
0: So say, for example, someone comes and say, you know, Jerry, uh, you know, my son had a birthday party uh, last Saturday, and I invited you, but you didn't come. I want you to know I was, re- I was really hurt by that. I, think, I really think you should have come. You are the pastor's spouse, you know.
1: Sure. That's one of, a you know, a thousand expectations people have for us to be at events or whatever.
0: You should be leading this ministry. You are the pastor's so
1: spouse. So someone comes to me and says, hey, um, I was really disappointed. Thought you'd be at that event yesterday. And I said to them, well, where did you get that expectation from? I never agreed to that expectation. I know my other
0: church, the pastor's spouse, did. She, she'd always come.
1: Well, that's, that's a puzzle, but do you realize that an expectation, you only really have the right to an expectation if I've agreed to it. And the kind of it, the person's jaw usually drops or there's some kind of an expression. It's just an opportunity to really um, mentor. It's a mentoring moment to help people understand expectations because it is huge, especially around pastoral spouses. Huge.
0: So just a little side note here. So we teach uh, a skill called Clarify Expectations as part of the Emotionally Healthy Relationship course uh, that we consider a very foundational discipleship course uh, at our church. And so these are all discipleship moments because if we don't shape the culture, they'll shape the culture. And so you were strong enough, honey, to actually exert yourself and use it as a discipleship moment. Even if the person remained disappointed at you, you're okay.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the other thing is that if it, it's such a, a pressure position in a sense, because again, not even if you're not the pastor, you're still getting a lot of secondhand smoke. Okay. You know, every pastoral position has a lot of pressure yeah. and some of that, and that pressure is going to the spouse. People are, are putting it on the spouse whether they realize it yeah. or not. And so you better have a good sense of yourself. You need a very good sense of yourself Self-awareness mm-hmm. and your boundaries.
0: You talk a lot about in the Emotionally The Woman about differentiation and enmeshment. You don't, you know, you don't go that's really the whole book's about differentiation. How would you explain what it means to, to develop a differentiated self? What is differentiation? And how do I know if I'm enmeshed?
1: One of the ways you you know you're enmeshed when your behavior is determined by how you think the other person is gonna respond or react. So for example, I, I'm saying yes uh, because I don't want to disappoint or I'm, a, you know, or I'm not speaking up because I don't want them to think I'm disagreeable. I always say, tell me about your yes and your no's and I will tell you what you really believe about the gospel. I'll really tell you where your identity is. And so, uh, you, yeah, I mean, just getting, growing in a really good sense of who you are on the inside. What do you think? What do you feel? And how you uh, speak that, how you declare that to others—that's um, differentiation.
0: And so, how mo- most and so, in most folks don't know how to even grow in differentiation. How do I even begin to to take those steps? I mean, the whole your book begin okay. has eight quits, so you begin with a negative. But differentiation is a positive. But why are the quit lying, You have eight quits. You know, quit being afraid of what people think. Quit lying. Quit overfunctioning. Quit living somebody else's life. Quit faulty thinking. Why did you write like the emotionally woman in negatives, like quits in these eight quits, in order that person can differentiate? Mm-hmm.
1: Because we're so it, the, the, these things like uh, caring what other people's other people think, lying. Um, you know, denying anger said they're so strong in us and needed, uh, we, we take it in like they are, we breathe. People don't even realize it's, it's part of our Christian culture as much as anything else in order to really drive home the point that you have got to do this, the word quit. You've got, this is something it's not giving up on something, but it's stopping certain behaviors. So that you can replace them with others. Uh, so the word "quick," strong word. One of the ways that I encourage people to start um, in the in the work of differentiation is every day express a preference. Every day, I prefer. I prefer. Let's give some
0: examples for a spouse that's feeling overwhelmed with all this pressure coming on him or her of things they should be doing. Yeah, What kind of preferences because you were under that you yourself know, here in your life as we in the early years.
1: Right. Um, I you know, I prefer to have more time with my family. <clears throat> I prefer to have more time um, for myself. I prefer to have time in silence. I, um, I prefer to do this ministry, not that ministry, yes. you know, et cetera, et cetera. But being able, when you express preferences, you are expressing a significant part of your true self. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to get at with differentiation that people are uh, expressing and living, living out of their true self, right? Because that's one of the ways we really bring glory to God. I mean,
0: I thought you did brilliantly all these 29 years. As you, you've you had different roles at different seasons, and you never you did it because you wanted to do that, whether it was children's area at one point or marriage ministry. So you did celebration for a portion. And you weren't on staff for a while. Uh, what's your recommendation to people as they sort of, what, what, what do I do in this church? How, how do I... How what would you counsel them as they sort out? What should what should I be doing at the church? How would you answer that question?
1: I'd start with passion. You know, what is your passion? Uh, what brings you life? Uh, that's usually Coupled with your gifting and of course, you know season of life uh, Plays into that, yeah. you know, you certainly having small children is a huge limit yeah. um, I did much I did different things yeah. when when the children with the were kids smaller. when the kids
0: could go along with you right, often
1: right right um, but more teaching more leading as the kids you know as our children got older.
0: Right, let's follow it up for a second just you, you love the word integrity in fact I would say honey you are the you taught me integrity uh, that word is so important to you uh, why
1: because uh, truth and freedom go hand in hand. And so integrity is really about truth, living in truth that and, and being congruent on the inside on the outside. Um, and if you are not living in truth, which a lot of people are not, uh, you are, then you're not free. And so it just you're all, all of Christianity becomes like a hypocrisy. But integrity, the, the role of integrity for the pastoral spouse, not just for her own life, it's huge because actually she's the only one who sees the the pastor behind closed doors. And many times there is lack of integrity of what's going on in that person's life behind closed doors. And so if they're not living integrity, if the pastor, the leader themselves, is not living in integrity, then I think it falls on the spouse's integrity to have to do something about that for the sake of the church.
0: You speak as one who has experience
1: <laughs> well you must
0: have read it in a book
1: no there were there were times when I was frustrated you know in in our our life and ministry here at church and um, you know what I, my my question is what was my integrity calling me to do
0: what will be your final words that you want to share to the spouse of whether it's a pastoral a church leader organizational leader nonprofit leader if you're going to close with just a final few words of counsel to them, what would those be?
1: Uh, My counsel would be to resource yourselves. Uh, It is such a high calling. Uh, It's a high standard to be in the leadership position. It requires self-awareness. It really requires a higher standard in everything, your integrity, a higher standard in your disciplines, a higher standard in your brokenness, and you deserve help in order to live that out. There are many resources available uh, for us as leaders to help us grow, to process uh, the things that we're going through, and we need it because as leaders and spouses of leaders, uh, we have so much coming at us, and so you owe it to yourself and to the people you serve, the church that you serve, to always seek out and get the help you need to be the best leader that you can.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And uh, Jerry, thank you. This is definitely worth a, uh, a free webinar. We do two free webinars a month, and I think we'll have Jerry on so we can take questions and answers some month. That'll be just fabulous. So again, uh, I want to encourage you to pick up Motion Healthy Woman or, or the uh, workbook and DVD. We think it's the best curriculum we've ever done. The DVD, uh, I asked Jerry a couple of questions, common questions that are frequently asked, and it's just an outstanding curriculum used around the world. But come look us up at www.emotionallyhealthy.org for more resources. It's been great to be with you. Thank you, honey. Thank you, everyone. You have a wonderful day. God bless you.